Wargaming Recon is proudly sponsored by the Maine Historical Wargamers Association. They're the folks behind Huzzah! Historical Wargaming for New England. Huzzah takes place May 15th to the 17th, 2020 at the Doubletree in South Portland, Maine. Experience some of the best historical wargaming at Huzzah! Visit www.huzzahcon.com for more information. Wargaming Recon is proudly sponsored by Enfilade. Enfilade is a flagship historical wargaming convention for the Northwest Historical Miniature Gaming Society. Enfilade is held annually over Memorial Day weekend at the Red Lion Inn in Olympia, Washington. Enjoy the largest historical miniature gaming convention west of the Mississippi at Enfilade. Visit www.nhmgscitadel.com for more information. Welcome to Wargaming Recon. I'm your host, Jonathan J. Reinhardt. Wargaming Recon is the only member of the TSR Podcast Network to discuss historical and New England gaming. Today, we are going to be talking about a topic that kind of flows from last time's episode. And today, we're going to be talking about choosing kindness. And if you didn't listen to last week's episode, or if you're not familiar with the fact that this is the year of mental health for us here, you're probably thinking, what the heck? is a Wargaming podcast doing talking about kindness. Don't worry, we'll be sure to explain it. Uh, today, I am joined by the one and only Mr. Adrian Benson. Adrian, how are you? Doing good, John. I'm glad to be here. I am uniquely qualified to talk about kindness, so this is a, this is a good opportunity. You really are. You are an incredibly kind person. Some have said you've written the book on it. Yeah, that's not really accurate. I pay those people. Oh, do you? Uh, like those uh, random uh, reviews on Amazon for products? They yeah. don't say anything? They just have five stars? Yeah, five stars and like great exclamation point or, or something like that. I use this all the time in my kitchen and it's for like a tire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best food processor I ever had and it's a floor jack or whatever. This fit me perfectly. <laughs> and it's like a snow shovel. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> do you ever... This is going on a tinder, but I don't care. Quickly um, off tangent. That's fine. Do you ever go and and look at Amazon reviews and look at the the lowest reviews just to see what they say? Because sometimes there's some humorous nuggets there. I always look the the one star and two star reviews first. Yeah, because angry people say funny things. They really do. And there was one a friend of mine at work had shared with me. About a year or so ago. So, of course, I don't remember which one it was. And if I do, we'll put it on social media. But in it, it was something really mundane, like a pencil sharpener or something like that. But people decided they were going to have some really creative fun with it. They wanted to test out their writing chops. And so both in the one star and five star uh, reviews for it, people wrote at length about how well designed this pencil sharpener is, and they're comparing it very poetically to the great works of the Renaissance, and like all this kind of stuff just going off. And it was <laughs> the funniest thing, really, that I had seen in a long, long time. Uh, so it's very good. Uh, and every so often you come across a nugget like that. I think there's some websites you can go to uh, if you do a search term for this, and they'll show up uh, where people just uh, record what kind of humorous. Uh, reviews and ratings people give to stuff on Amazon. Yeah. It's worth a look at because uh, 
in these times, right? You need something to lift your spirits. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of why uh, we're dealing with kindness, right? Sure. This was your topic, not mine. <laughs> not in my backyard. Get out of here, you kids. Get off my lawn. <laughs> well, so think about it, right? And I think this is something that many of us have done in some form or another uh, in different times of our life and with different people. Uh, now, though, whereas the whole world is engulfed with the pandemic and all these many other things that are going on. People are feeling not their best, I think. And people may be a little more tense and stressed out and are maybe a little more quick to anger or thinking or feeling negatively about stuff. At least I feel that way with myself. I don't know if that's something that uh, is true to you. Um, yeah. I mean, I would say that that is probably an accurate representation. I mean, just a cursory glance through social media, any social media will show you that. Um, yeah. For some people, I mean, you can acknowledge that there's, there's like difficulty in the world, but people are really kind of like letting loose. There's a lot of, it's like you're either with us or against us kind of crap. Um, and a little bit overwhelming to be honest with you. And when I say overwhelming, I mean, just incredibly annoying. Well, and, so. and there's so much of it too. It, it seems to have cut a large swath of society, yeah. uh, no matter where you are in the world. Uh, people seem to really be upset and stressed out and hurt about something. Uh, a lot of negative emotions going on uh, there. There and, is. And God help you if you're the guy who's not feeling that way and run across somebody who is because they're going to let you know about it nowadays. So but at, at work, we had a, a, an online training because everything's online now. Right. Right. Um, and it, uh, in it, we were talking about um, dealing with individuals who are, different and uh just kind of the different journeys people take and the thing that came up with it was that we never nobody in society uh has a tendency to visibly show what any scars are that they've experienced in their life whether it's trauma whether it's a a, a bad day it could be something really significant it could be that they've just had uh that they've had a lot of uh traffic that they've had to deal with or just things haven't gone their way they spilled coffee all over themselves or it could be something far more significant and far deeper and um far more harmful uh but that that doesn't get shown to people it's not like you wear certain color cl uh clothing when you're like i'm having a bad day so i'm wearing i don't know magenta or something i or i'm wearing dark blue because someone cut me off on the road uh you, you don't have that and you don't have physical wounds on your body to telegraph that and with so many people wearing masks, even you, it's hard to read body language and, and facial expressions for that sort of stuff. So it's really easy, I think, to be unaware of what sort of um, troubles or burdens others are carrying with them. And at the same point, I think it's also really, um, based on this, I think it's uh, really easy for people to kind of be in these negative spaces and to then presume the interactions and the words and the behavior of others is done in a negative way when it's not necessarily intended that way. I think there's a lot of um, miscommunication happening maybe. Yeah. I don't even know if I'd characterize it as miscommunication really. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's uh, aside from just being a human, I guess it's not really a topic I'm qualified to talk about, but it's, it's just uh, like I said, it, it, it's you're either with us or against us kind of a mentality meaning if you know if somebody is feeling a certain way about something and you don't feel exactly the same way 
then it's not like you are disagreeing with them. It is you are the enemy and you must be destroyed kind of a thing. I guess maybe maybe I'm thinking more of a a broader scope. So like say that you're doing grocery shopping and you're there getting ready to get in line and someone in front of you happens to cut in front of you mm-hmm. uh, uh, to get in line. Maybe they maybe they didn't realize you were in line because grocery stores now have, you know, the one way arrows and six feet spacing can be kind of hard to tell who's in line for what and who's doing what. Uh, and so maybe this individual, uh, you know, took a spot and they turned out they cut in line from you, but they didn't realize they were doing it. Uh, and maybe they've been having a, like a really bad day. Uh, someone at home is dying. The kids aren't listening or, or whatever. There's a lot of stressors on them. And whereas maybe before all this, it'd be easy to kind of convey that with body language, with facial expressions. You can kind of tell someone's just having a rough day. Uh, and that maybe it's important to approach them differently. Uh, but now that doesn't really come across so much. So it'd be really easy to, uh, yeah. when you speak up for yourself, right, to this individual, for them to take it in a way that's very negative and for you to take what they're doing negatively when maybe everything's just a miscommunication. And I think that kind of translates a lot into what's going on on the tabletop, whether it's virtual or especially if it's virtual, I guess, or in person that. Yeah. Virtual. Yeah. Virtual is even harder um, for the, all the obvious reasons. I mean, it's, uh, I can tell you the last time I saw a tabletop, but it's been a while. Yeah. Well, and, and like, that's the thing. So even if you're, let's put aside playing on a physical table, because maybe that's happening. If you're doing virtual, chances are you're doing it with people you don't know, right? And they probably don't know you, or at least not as well as people you would normally game with in person. And you might say or do something, or they might say or do something, and it can come off on the wrong way. And that might not be the intended purpose uh, for how it's meant or how it would normally be received. And so I think kind of if you take all this, and you kind of formulated it as a thesis. I think that thesis for the it ends up being for this episode that basically in all things, it's kind of helpful to give the benefit of the doubt and to choose to be kind. Uh, so if if you're talking with someone, right? And I was talking with someone the other day online and you're engaging about gaming stuff or whatever. And it's very easy to say something and someone can then take that and, and be like, that person's being a jerk. You're being yeah. a jerk because clearly you meant it in a bad way when really... It could be neutral, right? There could be nothing. Uh, and so instead of pouncing back and, and escalating up that ladder of confrontation, uh, I think it's helpful to just take a moment and be like, you know what? Don't know what's going on with them. Let's choose to be kind. Or on the other side, let's choose to say the person saying this, but not to be a jerk. The person's, you know, move their unit there on the table uh, to get that flank shot on you. Not because they're a jerk, but because that's just how that the game can be played. They're trying to try something out or whatever. And I, I think you can kind of expand this into many different areas of gaming so that there are many different ways that you can choose to be kind. And I, I would argue that it's very, very important, especially now, but at all times to try to choose kindness uh, with others. Uh, if for no other reason than just kind of get along with everyone so that you can get through life as stress-free as possible. Well, yeah. I mean, I would say that that's probably true all the time. I get to what you're saying. It's like uh everything is everything is awful now so it's uh it's elevated or escalated whatever but yeah always uh always a good way to go not always easy to put into practice so i'll admit no i i think <laughs> i think of the toilet paper situation right we all need toilet paper when we go to the bathroom <laughs> but that was reasons. that's different john that was survival 
<laughs> for, for no matter what gender you may be. Yeah, the, the heck with that other guy. I yeah, no, that's, that's you need a toilet paper. Situation. All, all but everyone's like, I need all the toilet paper, um, yeah. and so it, it's become a spotlight has been shown on it for yeah. the importance of toilet paper and the importance of everyone having enough toilet paper. We know it at all times, right? <laughs> yeah. Not so much now because toilet paper production has met need. I guess I don't know. Or everyone has their stockpile in their bunker. <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, and this is wishful thinking, but maybe a lot of people finally pulled their heads out of the location that they needed the toilet paper for. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, no longer an issue really. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to say maybe a lot of people had bidets installed, but because <laughs> there was that movement. Somebody, too, right? somebody should run the numbers on that and see if the number of bidet installations escalated during the uh, the crisis. Yeah, can someone do that and get back to us? Just yeah, there's got to be some, got to be some numbers people out there. I'm not one, so yeah. How many were sold? Like, check online, major online retailers, and <laughs> see if you can get some numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why there's no toilet paper situation. Maybe we need uh, a this massive. This is in fact a gaming podcast. If you're new here. Um, <laughs> But maybe we need a massive bidet kindness installation for all people, whatever that, I don't know what that comes to. It sounds like I'm saying everyone needs a suppository. Yeah, that's one way to, uh... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Uh, So I was thinking, actually, you came to mind with an example of choosing kindness, and you probably didn't even think of it at the time. So as listeners probably know, um, and if they don't, you do, they know now uh, you're moving uh, to another location in the country. Yep. And as such, you're packing up stuff and moving things along. And you very kindly, you chose kindness to give to me, which isn't going to show up on the video, but that's okay. Cause it's green and that's how green screens work. D-Day dice. Yeah. Uh, a game that you and I have played not a ton, but, when you first got it, we played it, I would say a fair bit, and I loved it. And you've been playing a million game, years. Yeah. And you said, Hey, here you go. Uh, so that's, I think, a, a pretty low hanging fruit way of choosing kindness. Uh, and obviously, not everyone's gonna be like, Hey, here's a game, unless you're GMT games. Yeah. <laughs> Which this is amazing. So if people don't know, I think this is actually um, a really good thing. I think you can still pursue it. So I GMT so, games, yeah. uh, right? They're doing a thing where if you have been furloughed or lost your job or uh, anything like that because of the pandemic, you can get in touch with them and give them proof of your situation or whatever. And if you're in the continental United States, I think it has to be continental. Um, you can get two free GMT games and anywhere else in the world, they'll send you one. You don't pay for anything. And they're just trying to make the world a little bit better. They're choosing kindness. And I've heard this isn't the first time that they've done this kind of stuff. It, I just, I think it's incredible. Uh, so, like, I have um, Twilight Struggle and Labyrinth as a direct result of that. Because my family has been hit uh, by uh, a furlough. Uh, and so this is just, this is really nice. Games that can kind of help you pass the time and form some bonds with one another. And where you can spend some quality uh, family time. Maybe so you won't be at each other's throats for or being like, we already saw that movie for the 10th time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I look over at the couch and there they sit still and it's like, do people still live here, really? <laughs> yeah. Have you done this yet, Adrian? I know you were looking into it at one point. Yeah, I'm not eligible for it. I'm, I haven't really been impacted by it. Oh, I thought your um, your wife was. 
that would be taking advantage of it. So I'm not going to do that. She no. was going to leave that job soon anyway because of our move. Um, so what happened since she was leaving anyway, they just uh, they just cut her loose. What was it like two two months early, something like that. Yeah. So I suppose technically I could take advantage of it, but that would be taking advantage of it. So I don't want to do that. No, I know what you I'm, mean. I'm a nice guy that way. You're choosing kindness. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> You're a kind. So I I think a lot of people who listen to this show get this image of you as being gruff, standoffish, and uncaring about others. And on some level, that might be true depending on who the others are. But that's not the yeah, side that, of you that, that I know. Okay, well, yeah, depending on who the others are, I guess that's a fair qualifier. I was going to say that image is, yeah, that's like a photograph. So, yeah, you're on target with it. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, and that's obviously true depending on who the others are. But, okay, yeah. I, uh, you have this M&M hard candy shell, and on the <laughs> inside is marshmallow gooiness at times. <laughs> or at times not, <laughs> depending on the situation. <laughs> and, uh I think that's probably true for all people. But again, that kind of goes to show oh, yeah. like we don't know the exterior doesn't always portray what's going on on the inside. Right. Uh, I, so like, I have a million of these for ways that we can choose kindness. I'm sure you must have some. Uh, what are some ways that you think that uh, people can choose kindness when it comes to gaming? Uh, some examples that could be helpful. I don't know. Oh, you must. <laughs> you choose kindness on many times. Uh, I, I can't think of any like major see here's the thing for me right when we're talking about this choose kindness thing it all boils down to the simple rule that everybody knows and that is just when you're interacting with the other humans just don't be a jerk i mean it's really just that simple but see so as you said before right it's something that people know but putting it into practice is a hard thing well it can be yeah i mean it's not always hard i mean if you're walking around and it's always hard not to be a jerk then you know, maybe there's something wrong with you, but it, it, it can be hard depending on the situation. Of course it can. I mean, cause what we were talking about, you know, you don't know what somebody's day has been like, you don't know what they're going through. Well, the flip side of that is true. You know, mm-hmm. they don't, they also don't know what your day is like or what you're going through, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when those two people meet and start popping off at each other, you know, it's like, <laughs> um, yeah, but, Choosing kindness at the gaming table, geez, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's really easy to be kind at the gaming table, isn't it? I think it is. See, I think it would not be depending on the situation. So uh, let's pretend we're back in times when people actually went to gaming conventions. Remember when those were a thing? You you were with other people in person and played games? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've seen stuff on the internet, history stuff. It was long ago before the aliens came and... um, so let's say you're at a convention and you're playing a game with someone and you don't know these other people. You're just gaming and someone happens to get a really great shot at you. They roll really well. And they ah, kick off. Yes. I'm I'm familiar with the incident you're speaking of. Okay. Yeah. So um, do you want to run with it? <laughs> yeah, no, we can run with it. Yeah. So this happened at a particular con and it was, you could say, I guess a, a, a flaw with the rules, the way the rules are implemented. There was a, it's one of these card-driven games where you know you can use cards to modify or, or do certain actions with your units. And one of the cards in the game was essentially, um, if you have a unit shoot at another unit, basically you don't have to roll. The other unit is just, it goes away. Um, 
And that happened in a game that we were playing in. And the fellow whose unit went away was rather infuriated by the whole thing. Um, because things were kind of going their way at the time. Uh, yes, and, then all, and then all of a sudden, they weren't. Now, if you're the person who developed this game, you probably might want to, you know, this, this card should not be in the rules because uh, it's ludicrous. It really is. Yes, um, is. But if you're an adult, at a table with other adults, you should also probably realize that you're involved in playing a game. You know, you're a, you're a grown man playing with toy soldiers. That's what you are. This is not serious business. <laughs> um, so maybe you just kind of take it with a grain of salt and say, that kind of sucks. You might want to think about taking that card out of the game the next time you, you know, the next time you run it or play it, whatever, and, and just kind of roll with it and not get like, francis table flipping mad over it which is what happened here it is it, it when all this happened that's the exact image i had in my head yeah <laughs> as, francis flipping the table is like totally it was, it's like, like we're gonna be picking miniatures and models up for for days yeah pieces will be here and there and, <laughs> and this hypothetical person who hypothetically will not be named uh really led into the person running the game they were pretty vicious i thought yeah about it. It, 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 yeah it was not just it was definitely not just ah that that card sucks. I mean, it's it's, it's a dumb card. Was it even in the game? You should. It, it was way beyond that. Way beyond that. It was all. It was like. It was like personally. It was like, are we going to have to physically intervene? Almost. It's like it was almost like that. Freaking kidding me. And the individual running the game was very apologetic, and they, I felt, behaved in every appropriate way about it. The, saying things like, "Oh, you know, I've never seen that happen before. Uh, who knew this could really go?" And that's how it is. But yeah, essentially, the impression I got was in playtesting, uh, that card never came up. So yeah. this, had ne this had never happened before. So it he didn't, even having playtested the game he was running, there was no way he could have really, you know, known the, well, I guess you could have read the card and known the effect, but you still couldn't predict that that's the way somebody was going to react to it. No, and, and even then, part of it was that it happened to be that the unit that had used that card uh, was a large, was a full strength, almost full strength or almost full strength unit. And by this point in the game, most units are not full strength. They take pretty heavy casualties, which would mean that the card would only have done, say, one or two. Um, yeah, and it wouldn't have been a big deal. But this was like they went out a unit the table. This was like this was their trump card. It's like, ha ha, it's over now. And it was like, ha ha, no, it's not. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> things went downhill from there. <laughs> In in really like in, in in many ways actually this individual did not choose kindness which they could have both oh, in how they played the game because it felt as if they were very snide like oh look how well we're doing or her her uh which yeah there was a little of that me. beforehand but I mean that's trash talk that's um, no that's, that's true okay. that's okay but, but I when I look back at the alleged incident um i think it's more than trash talk because if it wasn't if it was just like oh we're just playing a game we're just gonna talk smack i think the reaction would not have been so severe yeah, yeah and awesome. so then their reaction was so strong with everything and no amount of others who were choosing kindness to try to be like oh you know what sorry this happened this is how it is or whatever many people nothing could change the situation uh, at all and so it became a very uncomfortable situation there which yeah. i think ruined I, i'm gonna say ruined it ruined that event i think for all involved yeah i don't think anybody walked away from the table with a with a warm fuzzy after that um yeah no yeah i don't know maybe that guy was just used to like 
like winning all the time. Maybe he's a good player or whatever. He should play more like you and get used to losing. And then it wouldn't be that big of a deal, really. I know. I, I come to expect it. <laughs> and the rare occasions when I do anything well, people are very kind about it. Hey, look, you did something well. It's yeah, nice here, for a change a, to see that happen. Yeah, have a cookie. Yeah, exactly. Because everyone knows how much I like cookies. Well, yeah, everybody likes cookies, right? It's very important. Um, and I think also, like, you can kind of, I think game designers can kind of choose kindness as well. And this is going to seem like a stupid thing, uh, but people should be used to me bringing up stupid things. Um, when they're designing games and choosing their color palette, game designers can choose kindness and take it into account, especially if the game is intended for those who identify as male, that many men have red-green color blindness, and to take that into effect when they're choosing how to put stuff. Because, uh, Adrian, I know you and I have encountered some games where uh, individuals with whom we've played have not been able to read the numbers on a chart or whatever because of color blindness. Yeah, it's something to uh, it's something to keep in mind, and I would I I would guess that nowadays more more companies do keep that in mind. I mean, part of the design criteria though for counters or whatever, uh, if it's a historical game anyway. I mean, they have to what I want to say they have to like the colors scheme tends to represent the unit of the nationalities being portrayed. Right. So yeah. if you're doing a, a Napoleonic or revolutionary word word game, the British counters are going to be red. True. You know, that's just, they're going to be red, but I do, th- I, I would suspect that that's something that's well known now. And I suspect that's something that designers probably keep in mind when they're doing the artwork. Um, I mean, even like a lot of computer games take that into consideration and you can flip your color palette. Yep. Um, World of Tanks, World of Warships both offer that for the for the unit markers. They can you can flip the color of the text to something that's more comfortable. And a lot of games have mods and whatnot that will do it for you. Obviously, that's not possible on a board game. But no. uh, I I mean, and I don't know. I mean, we have we have game developer friends. Maybe they could uh, pop into the into the Facebook page and and maybe answer that question. But I, I would guess that designers and artists do take that into consideration. I hope so, because uh, my suspicion is it's not given much weight if it's considered at all. No, I, that that might be true. Like I said, um, just the example I gave, I would I would say those considerations probably outweigh. But if, if it's, I mean, it's a self serving thing. You should take it into consideration if you're potentially going to lose part of your audience. Yeah. If I mean, if you can't read the counter, you can't play the game. I mean, it's kind of as simple as that. It is pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I also think, uh, and this is also might seem like a small thing, but I think that when you add up all these small things, I think small things are easier to accomplish, right? Cause they tend to be a little easier, uh, and they don't involve as much personal change or anyone, but I think when you add them all up, I think they can kind of make a large impact. Uh, yeah. so I think being receptive, uh, to what others want to play as a game can be really helpful. And obviously not all the time. Cause if you really want to play something, you have every right to play what you want to play. But yeah, if, if you're going to be gaming with some people, even if they're close friends or whatever, and you know that they're just itching to play a certain game. And even if you're like, if let's say you really want to play, I don't know, uh, Black Flag. You really want to play Black Flag, Adrian. And I've just been dying to play Twilight Struggle. I agree to they're completely different games. But maybe you don't want to play Black Flag as much as you sense that I really want to play Twilight Struggle you might say, well, let's play Twilight Struggle because although you want to play both, you think, oh, it matters more to me to play the other one. Uh, whereas you could just be like, no, I want to play Black Flag or else I'm not playing anything. And that's <laughs> like, you know, really 
Some people do that, though, right? They really dig in the heels, or they make it really difficult, or they're very passive-aggressive about how they're going to be, and and just really annoying. Uh, But, like, what does it cost you? Uh, If the purpose is to get together, have fun, try something new, play a game, um, what does it matter, right? Yeah, well, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I got to say, I don't think I've ever encountered that. But, uh, I mean, if I have. have. Oh, have you really? Yeah, not so much recently. Not because of pandemic, but just I'm mean, within the past five years, not so much, but in the past, yeah, pretty strong. Wow, we, we will play this or nothing else. Well, that's an easy choice, then. I well, yeah, we'll, pl- we'll play nothing, and I don't want to hear from you again. <laughs> well, and that's why some of the individuals with whom, whom felt that way about things are ones that I don't really associate with anymore, <laughs> and I don't really associate with those games anymore, yeah, because uh, who, yeah, well, it's too bad that the you know. The, game has to suffer for the uh for the personality of the player but yeah it's, it's like who, who needs that crap there's plenty yeah. of people out there to game with or like a certain style of playing um like i don't know let's say someone only really wants to play siege battles of hill caesar or, or whatever you know yeah and it can be nice to play something else maybe let's choose to do a skirmish type game or a different setting if you always play I pick on black powder all back uh, black um, powder all the time. Let's say you play um, bolt action, right? And you always played in twenty eight, but someone else is really wants to do it in um, one seventy second. Who cares? Do it in one seventy second. Do it in fifteen mil, right? Make well, yeah, nobody cares. But, but I mean, some yeah, people, I mean, a situation like that. Play. If 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 they've got the stuff painted in, in you know fifteen mil, I'll I'll certainly play it. But I ain't gonna paint for it. That's my thing. No, and I um, agree with you. But some people wouldn't be even open to that to be like, no, this is what we've always done. And just because we've always done things this way, we play these types of games or this style of play or play on this certain night or this certain time, uh, they're very gatekeeper-y right about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I just, I, like I say, I've, I've never really encountered that cause I just, I don't game with people like that. I just won't. Um, like I said, I mean, it, it's, there's plenty of, there's plenty of people out there and you know what, if I end up in a situation where there's not plenty of people out there, I'll solo game rather than sit down with somebody like that. I mean, I mean, and I certainly don't mind, uh, how do we want to, I certainly don't mind. Like if somebody really wants to do like, you know, a siege battle, for example, and I, it's, it's not really my thing. I'll play it. I don't care, but I don't want to do it every night or every no. time we play because that's, that's, you know, just what they want to do or whatever. It's like, I like variety. It's like I have been accused by certain in our gaming circle of not sticking to one thing. Um, yeah, not me. And, I've never accused that's, you of that. And that's true. I don't because I get, I get bored. <laughs> doesn't mean I don't like that one thing anymore, but I just, I want to move on and do something else. You know what I mean? I mean, we'll come back to that or we'll keep playing that, whatever it happens to be. But uh, I've, I've got, well, we're packing up for the move now. So I'm packing up a lot of my gaming stuff. And as I was packing this stuff up and lifting the boxes, I was like, I have got a lot of rules. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> and I want to try them all or, or as many as I can, you know? So it's like, if you get together every week and play the same thing every week, I'm not getting to exercise the other, the other rules that I've, that I want to, that I want to try. So yeah, getting, getting hooked up with somebody who's like, you know, they only want to play whatever it happens to be. That's not going to work for me. No, uh, I too have had that charge levied at me by numerous people, and I variety agree- is the spice of life, man. Well, see, I'm in agreement with you, and at the yeah. same time, I, I my my 
like default answer is okay. We we play these things. I play these things so we can talk about them on the show. Mm. If I play the that, same thing all the time, there's a million other things that need to be talked about on the show. Yeah, I mean, if we if we only talked about what we play the most, it would be the Black Powder channel, probably. And people would get bored. They'd be yeah. Like, either uh, the complaint would be, because these are complaints I've heard about other uh, tabletop gaming co- podcasts. They spend too much time going diving too deep into the rules and making army lists and doing scenarios and, and the history and every little, um, every nuanced thing, which is something people really loved five years ago uh or it's uh they don't dive deep enough into it it's just why even bother talking about it It felt like they only said the name once and then they're done uh in but that, those that's two why there's, yeah that's why there's more than one podcast available exactly and one thing <laughs> i've heard about us is that people enjoy well they enjoy the dynamic uh between you and i the most uh they enjoy my energy and they enjoy that we bounce around from topic to topic, do so in a meaningful way and spend time actually diving into it, but without getting lost. Yeah. And we're like in this middle ground somehow. So yeah. if we were a black powder all the time or whatever, pick any game, I don't care any game all the time. I think people would be annoyed. And then also we'd lose people, right? Cause how many people play that one game all the time or enough to oh, care about whatever? Yeah. I mean, we would, we would maybe have 10 people listening if, if we did that. Yeah. Um, even people, I, I would suspect, even people who play Black Powder a lot wouldn't want to hear that all no. the time. So, Mm-mm. because gamers play a lot of different games, yeah, and uh, so that's been my fallback for it. You know, for the show, this is what we do, and it's very convenient. It gives me an easy out, so I, I don't have to do the be the guy who's like, oh, you just want to play something different, uh, which is part of it because I I want to play a million different things. Yeah, um, and and yeah, it's like, what's wrong with that? I mean, come on. It's like if you're playing, I don't know, World of Warcraft, and you always want to be the tank in the party. I never want to be the tank. God, I hate tanking. I'm so bad at it. <laughs> Me too. I, uh, but uh, some people like it because that's how they know they get into dungeons and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, if you're if you're pugging dungeons, that's the way to go. Tank is the number one because even heals. Almost anyone can heal something now. Uh, tank is the way to go. Uh, Let me tell you about healing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this going to be the healing show 101? <laughs> Uh, no, but I tell I me just, as you go into Shadowlands about <laughs> healing. Uh, I did jump back into World of Warcraft. I keep trying to get out, and they keep pulling me back in. But I have I haven't, I haven't played Warcraft, and I've hopped on here and there, but I haven't I haven't actually played in about a year, maybe a year and a half. Other than like I'd, I'd log back on, play for a week, and be done. Okay, Godfather. But, yeah, but I just, I just started uh, I just started playing again, um, kind of heavily, and. Uh, yeah, I thought I, w- I thought I would try healing, and I thought you would just pop right into a dungeon because back in the old days, um, yeah, healers didn't wait in dungeon queues, but I, I had to wait ten or fifteen minutes to go into a to go into a dungeon as a uh, yeah. as a healer, a paladin healer, and and it was a low level dungeon. It was a, it was a crap. I don't remember which one it was. It was uh, Stormwind Stockade or Ragefire. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was one of the low level ones because I just rolled the character. I was like, you know, I got the heirloom gear, so I was like, yeah, this will be easy. And we went in, and it was the stockade, yeah. and the tank went in, and he pulled practically the entire dungeon, and oh. it's like we wiped. And so it was impossible to keep the guy healed. I mean, he didn't have great gear, but it wasn't, you know, for the level, it wasn't bad gear, but it wasn't heirloom gear either, you know, so it wasn't, ah. So we, we wiped, we went back, went back in, and didn't he do the same thing again when we zoned back in? I was like, yeah. you know what? I'm out. 
So I, I don't feel it was totally my fault, but it was kind of my fault because theoretically I probably should have been able to keep him up. And maybe that's just the way Paladin heals work now. I, I don't know. Oh, you Pally. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was a holy pally healing, and I, I just didn't feel like I had enough. I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I didn't feel like I had enough uh, single target and AOE heals to like keep everything going. And it was like I, I could have kept the tank up, but then the DPSers, and and this is how I know that it wasn't totally my fault because the DPSers were pulling mobs off the tank, and oh. I couldn't keep, and I couldn't keep them up. So I was like, you know what, I'm done. Yeah, the tank wasn't <laughs> generating enough threat. Yeah, healing in 2020, I'll take a pass. So It's probably been a year or two since I played uh, World of Warcraft. And when I last played, it really felt like if you're going to do a dungeon with others, that no matter how the game was going to segregate it, that it basically you needed to treat it as you're either tank or you're DPS. You're going to do yeah. damage or you're the tank. And it doesn't matter if you heal or whatever, because everyone could kind of heal a little bit. Some yeah, everybody's got real some heals. kind of self-healing, but yeah. It, but like it felt like they really kind of ramped it up a lot, and uh, so I have a, a holy pally as well. And I was like, well, you know, what? I'll heal for low level stuff, or just go do. And, and no, because <laughs> <laughs> it was a no. Uh, it, it, it's funny because in the last time I was in a, a regular raiding guild was oh my god, it was Lich King. How long ago was that? Is that ten years? It's been a while. Time. Yeah. Um. And I, uh, I tanked in Lich King. I was, I was the guild's off tank, and that was fine. But it, it's, it's relatively easy being off tank because you're not really, you don't have to run things, you know. Mm-mm. And that's what, that's why I don't like tanking, especially in like pug dungeons, because yeah, um, I haven't done any of them in so long, and I haven't done any of the new ones, so I don't know the roots, I don't know the mobs, I don't know the bosses. But the tank is supposed to know all of that crap, and I don't. So I, I don't, yeah, I don't like doing the tank thing. Um, and I don't run dungeons as DPS because you got to wait forever to, yep. for the queue to pop. So it's not, it's dungeons used to be a great way to level because of, you know, the experience was huge. Yeah. But now you have to wait so long to, uh, to queue into a dungeon. It's like in the time it takes, you're waiting to queue the dungeon. You could have probably gained two levels because leveling is so easy now, mm-hmm. at least up to one or uh, up to one ten. So yeah. anyway, yeah. Back in world of Warcraft, I'm having a good time with it. Um, I'm, I actually, I'm leveling a, uh, a hunter because I've actually never in the, in the entire history of world of Warcraft. When did I start playing that? Oh, eight long time ago, long time ago, never seriously played a hunter. So I thought I'd try beast mastery hunter. And right now, at least it's, uh, in the current, uh, the current iteration beast mastery hunter is, is OP. It's definitely easy mode. So that's good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, having a good time. I, I've got him into a guild. He's an alliance guy. But uh, so I've done a few things with the guild and everything. And that's obviously always better if you're going in with people you well, not people you know, but you know, guild members who are all on the same page. So no, that definitely helps. Yeah, uh, my first character with whom I still have great affinity. Uh, I decided to be a lot of fun to be a mage, <laughs> and it is never fun to level <laughs> as a mage. Never. Oh, that's. Ah, that's not true though. I mean, you just you die so much. You really have to be so careful until you actually get to be somewhat powerful. Well, you do have to be careful, but I even I would say actually now you don't really have to. Uh, even leveling as a mage is is not that bad. Uh, but you are right. I mean, obviously you're fragile, but you got a lot of survivability stuff too, especially for frost. Frost, well, and that was something I, I definitely did frost then. 
Uh, and when I transferred over and created a, a human pally, it was like night and day. Oh yeah. It, it was so great that no matter what, I basically, I couldn't die unless it was really, 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 really bad. And yeah. so it just, it made it more fun for me to quest and level. So yeah. I don't have to worry about like every random creature coming and attacking me and taking me out. Yeah. Paladins. It's the other thing that uh, I assume it's still the same way. Fury warrior used to be great to level on uh, mm. if you weren't because um, they just they do so much damage and they have so many, uh, <clears throat> so many health, uh, self-healing abilities like with bloodthirst and everything. It's great. Um, I would almost call that easy mode too. That helps. Yeah. So many different ways to go about it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, anyway, having been away from it in any serious way for a long time, coming back to it, it's, well, I won't, it's not like a new game. It, it really is a new game. It's so different from uh, um, the way it was back in the old days. Uh, there's so much more to do and everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I also dabbled in WoW Classic because that, of course, is available now. And that's what actually started to get me sucked back in. I, I, really? I, yeah, they were like, you know, you can play WoW Classic. And I was like, really? Awesome. Um, and then I started playing it, and it's not awesome. But um, Yeah, I was going to say, it holds no appeal <laughs> for me whatsoever. Yeah, it's like I, I, I played through it, and I leveled a guy up up to uh, up to max. And I was like, oh, yeah, it sucked. I remember now. Um, <laughs> it, well, of course, when you were playing it, it didn't suck because it was good. As, you didn't know anything else, and it was great, and it, it was hard. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, but that's what sucked me back in. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm done with classic, but I will, I will flip back over to uh, to BFA now. So for a while, when the pandemic started, uh, I, I thought, you know, maybe I, I will go back into WoW. Uh, and when I was thinking about it, I still had my old laptop, and at mm-hmm. the time, I was like, you know, I don't know that I really want to deal with having played WoW on my old laptop because like it just it was, it was slow, it took forever, and then it was getting close to dying and things weren't working so well. Uh, and I got a new one and I said, well, you know, maybe I will um, do it then. Uh, and then ultimately I didn't for a stupid reason, but I'm glad I didn't. And it's because I didn't want to wait so long for the um, game uh, client to install on the computer. Cause I'm like, it's going to take forever to download and install. And just, I, I didn't want to have to deal with it because it used my computer so much for work and everything. It's not like I could just let it sit there and go do its thing. I was always doing stuff at work and like carting my computer around with me because yeah. uh, like I'd be doing something in one room and then I have to go uh, like out of the studio and go and watch the kids and doing stuff. And so I'd be closing my laptop and open it. And so it hibernated and I don't it just was a pain in the butt. Uh, but what I did get into instead, and I blame you in part for it is world of warships. Yeah. And I am loving that game so, so much. Uh, yeah. The game is a lot of fun. Uh, it, it feels like people who play it frequently are not liking it now because of some changes with it. People seem to complain. That, that's that's true. I haven't I haven't played it myself in about two or three weeks. Um, I will come back to it, but um, that's something that's about mostly, targeting, I guess, right? Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a whole there's a whole bunch of a whole bunch of things that have the community discontented. Um, pro, uh, man, it, it, it's hard to even say what the biggest complaint about it is right now. Um, mostly, and it's the same with most of the the wargaming products. This one in World of Tanks, um, largely it resolves revolves around balance issues. Yeah, um, some of the ships are, shall we say, a little bit overpowered, and mm. the the accusation is that because wargaming is a Russian company, they tend to favor the the Russian lines, and there's. You know whether that's true or not. There is no way to deny 
that the the new line of Russian cruisers, the new line of Russian light cruisers, is ludicrously overpowered. They are ridiculous and never should have been introduced in their current state. And they will get nerfed. They 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 just they will. That it, it has to happen. But it, it's going to take time because they never do this stuff quickly. So mm-hmm. that I th- I think that's the current thing that everybody has their rage face on about. People are still unhappy with the way the carriers work after the carrier rework and carriers aren't good. I, I still think they're better than they were before the rework, but people are still complaining about that. And that's been, God, a year, year and a half now, I think, since they did the carrier changes. Um, so it's just, as with the entire internet community, the internet gaming community are kind <laughs> of a bunch of jerks in many ways. And it's impossible to keep them happy. It's certainly impossible to keep everybody happy. True. But everybody looks at any change to the game and, and starts looking for ulterior motives. Oh, they're just doing that to earn money. You know, it's a, well, yeah, of course they're doing that to earn money. That's how the company survives. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it is, it is theoretically a free to play game, but they certainly have to pay for their server farm and they certainly have to pay their staff. And that's True. all obviously paid for by the people who buy the premium ships who pay for premium account time to earn extra, not extra rewards, but you, you know, you gain more experience credits faster. You get bonuses um, and stuff. So, so it's like every time a change is made, somebody is going to like look into it. And it's like, how is this change? How did they make this change in order to generate more sales for them? And the chances are they didn't, you know, it's like, they just, you know, they, they came up with an idea, they play tested it, they developed it and they, they thought it would be good for the game. And they, even though they do extensive testing on the on the public test server, um, that's still not the same as when it goes live on the live servers because people play very differently on the public test servers. I, I mean, I've played on there in the past, and it's just there's no point. There's no point because gameplay doesn't really resemble um, live gameplay in any way. So, so it's like the point is they tested as best they can in that environment but the data is still questionable. And then, the, then whatever it is you're talking about, whatever change to, you know, penetration of shells or, or whatever it is goes live, um, might work. It might not, you know, they, they have definitely made changes in the past that were just flat out fricking broken. Um, and they revert those very quickly, but, uh, things that people complain about, like, like the carriers, they've been looking into carrier gameplay, almost since they released the initial version of the rework and trying to come up with ways to make it better. And of course, I mean, you know what the internet community is like, well, just remove carriers. Well, they're not going to do that. <laughs> um, for one thing, there's a lot of people that really enjoy playing aircraft carriers. I, I don't, I'm no good at them. And I just, it's not a style of gameplay that I like, but there's a ton of people out there that enjoy playing them. So, and they've, they've, they've got, you know, premium versions of aircraft carriers that people pay real money for, they're not going to take them out of the game. So just stop and maybe try to contribute something positive to the discussion, but nobody does, at least not on the forums. Um, but it is, it is a good game. It's a very enjoyable game. I like it much better than world of tanks. I haven't played world of tanks for, Oh, I don't know. Kind of the same as world of Warcraft, maybe a year. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll jump back in now and then play, play for a day or two. And then I'm like, yeah, I don't think I really like this anymore. Um, <laughs> I think, I think tanks is probably still the more popular of the two titles. I'm not sure. I think so. Yeah. Um, and it's not a bad game. It's probably got more um, balance and hate and discontent issues than world of warships does. Though I can say that for a fact. And I would say the world of tanks community is probably a little bit more toxic 
and World Warships, if that's important to you. If you don't like getting raged at in game chat, World of Tanks is not the game for you. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can turn it off. but They are not choosing kindness. They're not choosing kindness. No World of Tanks player in the history of ever has ever chosen kindness. Um, <laughs> that's just the way it is. So if you're going to play that game, just be aware. Um, it, it is a pretty fun game. I mean, I, I, I spent a lot of time on it when I first started playing it. Uh, but I'm kind of off of it now. Uh, they're just, they might be getting to the end of the run with it. It's still a popular game. It's still a big moneymaker for them. But they're just coming up with ludicrous stuff now for, like, the latest thing that was added was, um, and of course it was Russian tanks, and this just sent people over the edge. Um, double Russian tanks with two guns, like a turret with a double-barreled tank. Um, utterly stupid, never existed. But hey, we'll throw it in this semi-historical game anyway. Wow, um, that's crazy. Well, and, and and that's what they that's the big complaint that a lot of people have with some of the ships in the world of warships, like this latest line of Russian like cruisers that was released. None of these ships ever existed. Um, they just, they were never built. Some of them were designed. Some of them weren't. Some of them were just, you know, napkin sketch proposals, but none of them ever actually existed. So and a lot of people are, are up in arms about that. But the thing with that argument is if you want to keep seeing new content in the game, they have to do some of that kind of stuff because you run out of ships that actually existed. You run out of those pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's like, there, there is a lot of uh, rage and hate in the, uh, uh, not hate, but like senseless raging in the uh, in the forum chats about things like that. And from a strictly historical perspective, they're right. These ships shouldn't be in the game. But World of Warships is not a historical simulation. They never claimed that. They never said that, you know, that's that's what it was. It's, it's an action arcade type of game. It's historical in a way. I mean, they have cartoon ships in the game, for God's sake. They have ships from 40k in there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they have ships with 40k skins. They have uh, World of Tanks has a couple of tanks with 40k skins. I don't know if you can still get them or if that was just an event thing. But um, yeah, so it's like it's on the one hand you can see the point, but on the other hand, the company never promised that. So you know, it's kind of a pointless rant. True. But anyway, not. I don't want to put anyone off of World of Warships because it really is a great game. I enjoy it a lot. I mean, it, it's got its problems, and any game like that is going to have balance problems. And what they try to do with the ship lines is to give each one a unique kind of flavor and play style so that they're not all the same. Because who wants that? Like typically Japanese destroyers, for example, are torpedo boats, right? Their guns are terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, they're short-ranged. They're slow to reload. The turrets traverse slowly. Uh, but the torpedoes are freaking amazing, and their concealment is amazing. Um, American destroyers, generally speaking, are the opposite. They're great gunboats, but the torpedoes are kind of meh. Um, you know, so they they try to distinguish each, give each line a different flavor, just different distinguishing characteristic. And as you have more and more ship lines, that obviously gets harder and harder to do. So the thing with the Russian cruisers is, and some of the other cruiser lines too, for that matter, they have low caliber guns. They fire very quickly and they set a lot of fires and nothing will, will cause a guy to rage faster than getting your ship set on fire when you're in low health, extinguishing mm-hmm. the fire, instantaneously getting set on fire again by the same guy and burning down. And there's That's nothing, you can, nothing you can do about it. I've been um, there. Yeah, everybody has. That's just the way the game works, you know. Um, do you have a favorite style of play or a favorite type of ship to use? Uh, I play battleships and cruisers mostly. I'm an 
okay destroyer player, but not great. I probably I probably play cruisers more than anything else, and I like the cruiser play style. So um, specifically the German cruisers. I have the uh, I'm up to tier ten in the German cruiser line. I have the Hindenburg, and that thing Fancy. is like yeah, I love I love that ship. But I liked all the German cruisers all the way up the line. They were all fun. Um, but yeah, I like German cruisers. I like German or uh, British battleships. Um, again, I have the tier 10 conqueror there and I love that specifically because other people hate it so much because <laughs> of the HE that it has. Cause British HE in the high tiers has higher than average HE penetration. So you can, you can do a tremendous amount of penetrating HE damage with it. And that's a lot of fun. And the fire chance on those shells is ridiculous and people just get, utterly outraged and discombobulated if you just spam high explosive in the conqueror and you do a, a ton of like penetration damage and then also set them on fire so it's like you fire one salvo and if you get you know four hits out of the salvo you're going to start two fires probably and if you have two fires burning you almost have to extinguish them so they extinguish them and then you hit them again and set two more fires and it's just like the outrage is just so entertaining. And that is not the best way to play that ship. It's not. I can tell how much joy you get from that. Yeah, that is not the best way to play that ship. You should use the armor piercing on appropriate targets because it does stupid amounts of damage. But just the fire thing just sends people over the edge. So I'm afraid I, I spam a lot of high explosive in the Conqueror for just that reason. I can imagine that you do. <laughs> you got to take your joy where you can. See, that's an example of not choosing kinds. I was thinking that, but I said to myself, <laughs> I'm not going to say it. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, I, I'm not as fancy as you are in World of Warships yet. I mean, I am much newer to it. Yeah, I've been I, playing it for like five years. I think my highest level ship is a British carrier, the Indomitable, I think, because mm -hmm. I wanted to try carriers. Uh, other than that, I, I mainly do German ships, actually. So I'm working on a Koning uh, for battleships, and I've decided I don't really like battleships because they're too slow and you don't get close enough to the action. Uh, so it kind of annoys me. But I do like that you can kind of sit back and you can kind of just target stuff. And the Koning seems to be pretty good in that um, it's a little more forgiving for me. Uh, it seems to take a lot of damage before like anything terrible happens to me. Yeah, it uh, can. German ships have an armor layout that kind of prevents them from being citadel at medium to close range which so, is very important yeah so you actually don't want to necessarily sit back in a german battleship you want to get in close because that turtle back armor will prevent you from taking tons of citadel damage at closer ranges and then um i'm doing some american destroyers uh too yeah i like the american destroyer line so i got a i think it's a clemson at tier four mm -hmm. uh, but the one i really like is the smith it's a tier two uh, because I like to just go, go around really fast and shoot off torpedoes. Yeah, this thing is stupid. It's got, what, two single torpedo launchers? But they reload, like, ridiculously fast. It has three. So one on the port, one on the starboard, and then one that's basically ventral, and you just kind of choose what you want, but it only goes, like, halfway up. Yeah. It, but you're right. So, yeah, they, they reload so fast, even though it's only single torpedoes that you're firing. And so I just I like to kind of go and drive around in circles, basically, around the ships and go torpedo here, torpedo there. And then it reloads torpedo here, torpedo. And I don't care if I hit anything. I don't care how quickly I get sunk. It makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and so like that's yeah. what I do when I, I want to get happy. And um, the Clemson is nice because it has triple um, mounted torpedoes, which is kind of fun. Uh but I just upgraded to whatever the next one is in the line, and it's really more of a 
like use your guns kind of thing, but it's so yeah. slow and it does not spark a joy for me <laughs> so much. Yeah. Nicholas isn't a bad tier five destroyer, but you're right. That's that at that point you're starting to feel it wherein your torpedoes are short, relatively short range. They're slow. You can't stealth launch them because you don't have the concealment. Yeah. Um, and that's the point where it's like, yeah, the American line is a, is a gunboat line. But when you get up to the Fletcher at tier nine, then, mm -hmm. it, then, it, then it kind of changes. You're still primarily a gunboat, but uh, yeah, Fletcher torpedoes are crazy. Well, Long range, relatively fast. After watching the movie Greyhound, I was like, I need to get myself a Fletcher. I will play as <laughs> until I get such a thing because it's just, it's so cool, uh, yeah. which is really funny. Uh, and I read somewhere, and I don't know that this is true, but I read somewhere that there are submarines for yeah, a they've, world. They've, they have, uh, they've play tested submarines. I didn't like them. I sincerely hope they don't come out in the iteration that was just play tested. Uh, but they're they're working on submarines and they've been getting a lot of crap for this too because they said flat out early on people were like so when are you going to put submarines in the game and they were like when they were it was a flat we are never going to put submarines in the game they can't work mm -hmm. um, so now they're looking at putting submarines in the game I'm not smart enough to design the gameplay around them but I can tell you that the gameplay that was presented in the last public test iteration was terrible and I hope. God help you if you are, because you know how games can sometimes come down to the last two or three ships. Yes. And if you're a battleship stuck trying to fight two submarines, there, there's nothing, oh, you're done. Li literally nothing you can do. Um, so that, that, that's, you know, from like gameplay or like quote unquote fairness, that's not okay. So, you know, they stay submerged. You, you can detect them, but you can't damage them. So yeah, I, the submarines, I can see submarines being used in like, uh, I don't know if you've played any of the operations. If you don't have any tier seven ships, you probably haven't been able to play in the operations yet. Um, I can see a game mode like that, that has submarines in it and that would be cool and that would be fun, but to put them in just regular, you know, the, just the regular matches. Yeah. The iteration they just tested was that, uh, that would be terrible. I would not enjoy that and would have to consider, uh, spending my entertainment time somewhere else if that were to happen. Would if you it table plays, flip? no, I, I wouldn't table flip. It's their game; they can do what they want with it. But I would uh, that would not be enjoyable. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure it would even be enjoyable for the submarine player. Now, of course, the the caveat there is that you have submarine players that know what they're doing, and on the public test realm, partly because they were new, uh, nobody knew what they were doing, so it wasn't that difficult for destroyers and light cruisers to kill submarines. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you have somebody that's, that's competent, that's, that would be very, very difficult for the, uh, I wouldn't say it's game breaking, but I, I just don't think it would be an enjoyable experience. So I, I really hope they don't release them that way. Well, uh, I had wondered, uh, even before I read about it, uh, I had wondered if they were going to be coming because I noticed quite a few destroyers are shown having depth charges. And I thought, would they really take the time to model it just to model it when it's not going to be used? Yeah, they would actually, because if you zoom in and like look their the check their three D models of those ships out, they're freaking amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, if you really zoom in, they have like mops and first aid kits, and so yeah, they're really good, no doubt about it. Uh, to me, it seemed like all the weaponry that they've modeled is reflected in something that the ship can do. So I thought, well, you know, if they have depth charges on here, maybe that means they're actually working on submarines or some sort of something with them that's going to yeah. help them somehow you know i wasn't yeah, quite not, sure what that would be i don't i don't 
think that's why they put them on there. They just wanted the models to be accurate, I think. But um, yeah, I don't know, submarines. I, I was excited when they initially announced it, but then after I played it, I was like, yeah, yeah, geez, I don't know. And that was, it was the second test iteration. The first test iteration went even worse. They got very negative feedback on that. Um, this version was apparently better, but still not, still not great. So I don't know, they're, they're coming. I mean, it's, they will be in the game in some form, whether it's in regular matches or if they're going to restrict them to, uh, to the operations modes or something like that. I don't know. Um, they started toying around with them about two years ago. They have special holiday events and submarines showed up for the, uh, the Halloween event. And that was when people were like, yeah, they're definitely gonna, you know, they didn't just put these in here for the heck of it. They're, they're, they're gauging the reaction to it. And people were pretty positive with the way they work there, but they're very, uh, they're just that uh, crazy. They're crazy. It's like, uh, well, I, if people aren't playing the game, it won't make any sense to them to go into any detail. So I won't, but let me just, I'll go on record and say that I hope they don't get released the way they are right now. The prospect of having them really excites me. Yeah. I, like I said, they can, I was excited when they initially released it. I was disappointed when I actually played them. Um, I don't want them in the game the way they are now, but I think they can make them right. I, I think they can make them workable. Um, I hope so. I, I mean, obviously yeah. I haven't played with them. Uh, but I, I would love to see a change in tactics for destroyers and cruisers. Yeah. Because right yeah, now it feels like many people just tend to, and granted my experience is limited, but the many people just rush up and the destroyers just get sacrificed really quickly. The cruisers kind of pretty quick and they just, yeah, just destroy what they can as quickly as they can before they die. Yeah, that's just low tier gameplay, though. A lot of those people are in the same boat as you, right? They haven't played that long. They don't really know how to use the destroyer's concealment to its best ability. Mm. Um, you know, they don't know how to use islands for cover and shoot over the islands and blah, 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 blah. That's helpful. That's just, yeah. That, yeah, that's just low tier gameplay. Um, it gets different. Well, you would like to say it gets far different and much more sophisticated as you move up in tiers. That's not really true. <laughs> but Well, I would presume to some degree it might be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, like their version of um, raiding, so to speak. Where yeah, they, they, they they definitely have the clan wars thing. I don't participate in that. Um, what else do they have? They, they've got the rank the rank battle stuff and everything like that. So there is organized play available if you're into it. Um, and, and yeah, you're right. I mean, the standard of gameplay goes up as you as you go up in tier. Uh, not as much as you might hope for, but it does it does tend to go up. And, and that definitely would make a difference. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. The uh, the first time I had a battleship that had a spotter plane, when I could shoot over an island and hit someone, it yeah. was beautiful. I was like, wait, I can do this? Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. Not as fun as when uh, another battleship was doing it to me, but it was okay. <laughs> it was yeah. like, look, they're doing it too. And oh no, yeah. they did a lot of damage, but look, they did it too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word. Yeah, no, it's a really it's a really enjoyable game. I like it a lot. Um. I thought maybe we could segue and this kind of ties into like all the choosing kindness and pandemic and life being terrible kind of stuff. Um, talk about a thing that's being done right now that people can buy uh, that I think is a really cool thing uh, where if you go to drive through RPG and I, you may not even know where I'm going with this, Adrian, um, our buddy Jay Libby has created and designed a special character for one of his games uh, that you can actually use in all sorts of games, but it's intended to use with his series called G-Core. 
and he created a character named Starcore Y, uh, which is created in honor of a, a guy you and I have met, uh, who's a dear friend of Jay and numerous other people who are friends of ours, who sadly passed away uh, due to COVID. Uh, and so you can buy this. Uh, it's a pay wh whatever you want, I think they call it. Uh, and the suggested price is at least 50 cents. You put as ever much as you want in it. And I'm actually going to, normally I don't do this, but I'm going to take the time, if you don't mind, Adrian, uh, to read right. the blurb on here. Uh, and I think the artwork is really nice. Uh, the artwork is a great superhero representation of uh, Corey, who had passed away. And it says here, Corey Scott, a good friend and awesome person, passed away due to COVID-19 in June. He loved RPGs and, in particular, superhero RPGs. Many a good time was had over dice, and he will be missed greatly. In honor of his memory, Bags, uh, which is the publishing company Jay's using for this badass gaming solutions, um, is proud to present another character to the Bags universe. I present you Starcore Y, Starcore. This cosmic champion defends Earth from the forces of entropy and destruction coming from the outer reaches of space and beyond. This will be a pay-what-you-want. However, all proceeds will be donated to Wishes for William in Corey Scott's name. Wishes for William is a charity uh, that raises money, uh, as many charities do. And this one, I believe, is for cystic fibrosis. Uh, and uh, you can anyone can play as this character. Some people have already done it. Like I said, you can... You can get it for zero uh, if you feel that's appropriate, but you can put as much or as little as you want, and all money raised is going to this. And yeah, it is for cystic uh, fibrosis. Wishes for William is the team, uh, and it's uh, through great strides. And I don't know how much I've talked about this with you, Adrian, but uh, I have a family member uh, who has cystic fibrosis, and so I've done the Great Strides Walk uh, before. And uh, to help raise money to try to find a cure for uh, cystic fibrosis. And for those who don't know what it is, um, do you know what it is, Adrian? Yeah, I'm familiar with it mostly, uh, mostly through my wife. But yeah, um, cystic fibrosis uh, on a very basic level, it's a um, respiratory disease that kind of like clogs up your airways and makes it very difficult to breathe. And people who have cystic fibrosis tend not to live very long. So my um, cousin. He has a daughter who has it, and a, a lot of individuals who do have this, they're lucky to live into their 20s um, at most, usually. Uh, some live longer, but not many do. Uh, they always have to go into hospitals and get a lot of, they have to get their lungs cleaned out and the airways cleaned out. It can be very painful. It's not very pleasant, uh, but that's how they survive. And so wishes for William as a team that's raising money uh, for great strides um, for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. So any money uh, that people put towards getting Star Corey, uh, we'll help go towards that. And we'll have a link to that on our social media in case people want to uh, pick it up. Uh, cool. I just, I, I think it's a really neat thing. I don't know much about the character. Uh, I'm going to presume it's like Corey. And uh, like I said, you and I have met him, Adrian. And I believe we both talked with him a little bit when we've been at uh, TotalCon. TotalCon, yeah. Uh, very nice guy. Uh, very kind. And uh, he loved to play games. Very smart, too. He just got a got a second masters i think it was shortly before he passed hmm. uh so i think this is a, a neat way to kind of honor him and to do some good in the world and i make a point of saying good uh that's not me using improper english <laughs> it's actually doing good in the world making the world a better place choosing kindness uh to help those who need a little bit of extra help right there it all comes back to kindness doesn't it it does apparently it does so one thing we didn't really 
go over explicitly is any sort of gaming stuff that we've been doing lately. Do you have any gaming stuff other than World of Warcraft and whatever World of uh, Warships you've been doing? No. Uh, well, I've been, painting, yeah, I've been painting stuff off and on. Uh, mostly 70 years war, 28 millimeter infantry. Um, I've painted some 10 millimeter Napoleonic stuff uh, for ESR. But I, I, I've got to say, I mean, it's been really limited for all the usual reasons, but now more so I'm starting to pack things up. So I wouldn't expect to be doing much of anything gaming related for the next couple of months is my guess. Other than online games, obviously. Yeah, that seems reasonable. I've been doing di a lot of digital gaming. Uh, back when Steam had their summer sale, I bought the Tabletop Simulator uh, with intentions to play games on it. And I have not done that yet. <laughs> what Me too. Because <laughs> I was like, you know, I'll do it, and there's all these things for it, and um, there's like this pack you can download so we could play Breach Storm because I like Breach Storm and you did too. Uh, but what I have been doing is I've been playing, I've been enjoying the fact that my computer can actually play games. Uh, so I've been playing World of Warships, and then I've been going back and I've been playing um, Total War Two Medieval, uh, and I've also been doing Warhammer Total War and Warhammer Two Total War. And enjoying all those, doing campaigns with all that, and kind of getting involved with that uh, it was really neat. And then I've been fairly immersed in, can we call this research? I, I don't know if we can. <laughs> um, but uh, online and like chatting with people about the gaming that they're doing uh, and seeing what people are painting and trying to get ideas for stuff. I actually downloaded, so I grabbed my phone, uh, which is not something you guys can see. Uh, but if I was doing a live stream, you could see. Uh, I downloaded this app actually called paint rack on ios and it allows you to have an inventory of all your paints for almost any brand and one of the neat things about it is uh, you can scan the um, barcodes and it'll just add them in so you don't have to like search and hunt for them but it, it tells you how many you have what your quantity is and all that kind of stuff and then so you know what paints you need to buy or what you're looking for so it's really cool and then i've actually been looking at uh, there's a few apps that uh, allow you to import like renders of different models. Uh, people tend to use it for uh, 40K. Uh, so you can try out paint schemes before you paint anything. And that seemed therapeutic to me. Uh, I, I did not get that one yet. Uh, both paint rack and the other one you have to buy and pay for. And um, right now I'm trying to limit my financial expenditures uh, at the moment. Uh, but uh, just it, it was neat that these are there and you know, kind of dialoguing with people. And uh, you and I actually, we played uh, a game online not long ago do you know what game i'm talking about oh role playing yeah, yeah 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 do you want to talk about that a little bit um we can okay why don't you dive on in uh, uh, go ahead no you can dive in i'm the one who talks all the time all right then i'm done <laughs> so you had that much fun with it huh no it was fun i had a good time with it but uh yeah i don't tend to initiate conversations john and we're running long here anyway are we really uh do i see a kitty cat there uh, not currently. There was one here. Oh, I thought I did. Yeah, I had to move downstairs because upstairs is unbearable. So I hear you. It's too darn hot. Uh -oh. That's how it goes. I should make a point of saying this is the first episode you and I have recorded together in three months. <sighs> yeah. Something like that. It's been because a while. We did some and we recorded some in advance. Then there was the game day. I feel like it's been like a whole nother life because there was the, the literal uh, one day convention and that had a lot of content that created some. And then here we are. And uh, it kind of feels weird because for me anyway, uh, because for a while I was doing uh, a live stream a day of a, a video show basically on Facebook and on uh, YouTube. 
here. Yeah. Uh, and then I stopped because I was doing more work stuff. And I, since then, I haven't been able to paint or anything on my table because I had to convert it all over to doing work things. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to the uh, time I can put a board game on there because <laughs> I haven't wanted to play some <laughs> stuff. And oh, like, man. You know, watching movies like uh, Greyhound in 1917 has been really interesting. And then I just saw that series for all mankind on Apple TV yeah. about the space race as if uh, the space race never ended and it continued on into the 70s and the 80s. And so that got me excited about Twilight Struggle because uh, the space race plays a part in Twilight Struggle. And I was like, oh, that'd be really cool uh, to, do, to do that. And then there's another one called, I think it's The Outpost. Uh, and I don't remember what streaming service has that, but it's based off a true story about uh, these American uh, military forces in Afghanistan who are like stuck in this outpost and trying to fend off Taliban. So that got me excited about wanting to play Labyrinth. And then Greyhound made me want to um, get, and I don't have it. I, is it called Silent Hunters? Is that the name of it? The GMT game where you're a U-boat commander? Does that sound right? Yeah. Is that right? Is that the name of it? Yeah. Uh, there's, so there's, yeah there's two, right? There's one for the Americans in the Pacific. There's the German one. They're actually yeah. coming out with a uh, a new one for Regia Marina for the Italian Navy in the Mediterranean, I think. Oh, are they? Yeah. Um, and all this naval stuff uh, with playing World of Warships and everything, because maybe we want to play Axis and Allies War at Sea again. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and I'm like, I got all the stuff. Uh, even if I play by myself, I, I got all the stuff. I just need the table space to do it. Uh, yeah. So uh, with you packing up everything and then all these other inspirations coming to me, I've been thinking it'd be really fun. Uh, maybe something for us to do either as a topic on an upcoming episode. Uh, we could even like record our own parts and put it together or to just put up on social media as like just post things uh, to share games that we'd like to play. Uh, they could be ones that we played before, but just ones maybe we haven't played in a while. We've never played uh, games that we'd like to play and maybe why we'd like to play them. Yeah, it, it seemed like kind of a fun thing. Um, I know it's kind of, I don't know, uh, it's kind of <laughs> uh, almost like that bait you get online where, you know, you click on a thing and then uh, just trying to get you to go to the website. Uh, but like how people do it on social media, like all these movies that matter to them or songs or bands or whatever that kind of stuff is. Uh, but like games you like to play seem like it'd be of interest. So I don't know. But anyway, um, you get a lot of stuff going on in your life. Uh, and I know you were taking a break from social media. Are you back on or are you still taking a break or, or what's going on? Um, I'm kind of back on Facebook. Uh, I'm done with Twitter. It's a sewer. And yeah. those people can all, well, I'm done with Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I guess if people want to keep up to date with you, should they? And if so, where should they do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course they should if they want to. Uh, as usual, the uh, the the uh, podcast pages on Facebook are the easiest way. The, uh, the Wargaming Recon Made page and the uh, podcast fan, fan club. Sounds good. And... Um, we are on all the things as Wargaming Recon, so we're everywhere you can find podcasts to listen to. You can also head on over to WargamingRecon.com and get us there and see what's going on. And we still have articles that will be coming out and all that kind of stuff. And we're just – pandemic's thrown us – thrown me for a loop <laughs> with everything. I, I was doing well for a while, and now I'm not doing so well. <laughs> so we're just no. – we're trying to get through it all is really what it is. Uh, but just keep the episodes coming and – um I think I've kind of come to the conclusion that should do what the Mythwits did last year and should do it next year and take summer off <laughs> as well, which sounds weird because we only do two episodes a, uh, a month, but to take off that month, December to January, half and half, and then take off time in the summer. Uh, I think this would be a really good idea. Yeah, so we'll it might be. 
Yeah, with everything going on, I might be off for the next couple of months anyway, depending on how things are, are going. It's just a very, very busy year. You're a busy chap. Yeah, well, for now. Adrian, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to be on this episode and for choosing kindness to do it. <laughs> so it's always wonderful having you here, and I know uh, listeners enjoy uh, hearing what you have to say. Yeah. Yeah, it's an easy decision when uh, it's like, can I do the show? What are the advantages to me if I do the show? John will shut up and stop nagging me for five minutes, so I'll do the show. That's a plus. <laughs> and it sparks some so it joy little, for you. has little to do with kindness, but uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. You know, I, I enjoy being on. It's just lately not always possible. I know. It's hard. And at least with me anyway, sometimes I, I find that time in between, like doing it is wonderful and that time in between to get up the energy and desire to do it's just like, oh, there's all this other stuff going on in the world and around here. And do I really want to take the truck to the studio to do it? But then once I'm there, I'm like, yay, we're doing it. And yeah. so that happens. Uh, but I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of Wargaming Recon. And as always, you know the drill. No matter how busy you are, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what you're thinking, please choose kindness. And remember, you gotta, you need to, you have to keep on gaming. Are you always on the go? Why not take Wargaming Recon with you? If you use an app like Pocket Casts, you can listen to your favorite episodes of Wargaming Recon on your mobile device. Wargaming Recon is a proud member of the TSR Podcast Network. Visit wargamingrecon.com slash TSRPN for more information and to learn about the other good shows on the network. This recording is released under a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial share-alike license. Many thanks to Andrew and Court for inspiring the show's name. Wargaming Recon is dedicated to the memory of longtime listener Andrew. I ask all listeners to join me in a moment of silence in memory of Andrew. Thank you to everyone who backed our 2020 podcast season on Kickstarter. In particular, I would like to thank Bob Yates, Cigar Box Battle, Enfilade Convention, Jason Elliott, leader of TSR Games, John Vogel, Lead Bears Tufts, Nate Taylor of Dwarven Forge, Ryzen Phoenix GameCon, and Stefan Picorni, founder of Dwarven Forge. We couldn't have been successful without the help of all of you. Thank you so very much and hope you are enjoying this 2020 podcast season. Wargaming Recon is made possible by listeners like you. Become a Patreon backer to get behind the scenes content and new episodes before everyone else starting at $1 per month. Visit wargamingrecon.com slash Patreon to become a Patreon backer. Wargaming Recon is proudly sponsored by Enfilade. Enfilade is a flagship historical wargaming convention for the Northwest Historical Miniature Gaming Society. Enfilade is held annually over Memorial Day weekend at the Red Lion Inn in Olympia, Washington. Enjoy the largest historical miniature gaming convention west of the Mississippi at Enfilade. Visit www.nhmgscitadel.com for more information. Wargaming Recon is proudly sponsored by the Maine Historical Wargamers Association. They're the folks behind Huzzah! Historical Wargaming for New England. Huzzah takes place May 15th to the 17th, 2020 at the Doubletree in South Portland, Maine. 
Experience some of the best historical wargaming at Huzzah! Visit www.huzzahcon.com for more information.